0: Welcome to Vision is More Than 2020, a podcast aimed at talking about your vision, your eyes, and how they play a role in overall visual and systemic function. Dr. Linnicki and Lakowski, with the help of various guests, will work to help you understand more about your visual system and all the pieces to the vision puzzle. Of Vision is More Than 2020. This week's episode is a little bit different. We're not going to talk so much about vision, but we're going to be talking about goal setting. And my guest today is Dr. D, Dr. Nick Despaditas. He was our very first guest on Vision is More Than 2020 way back in March, but I'm bringing him back on because during my residency, we did a whole workshop basically of figuring out who i was and what i wanted to do and who i wanted to be and that workshop that dr d did with me during my residency was as valuable as the clinical knowledge i gained during my residency and i really want to share with you his knowledge and his approach to understanding who you are and goal setting so I am just so incredibly excited to have him on and for you guys to learn from him as we end this year of 2020 uh, and kicking off 2021. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode and have a happy new year.
1: This episode is brought to you by Brunel. They are our go-to company for our vision therapy products we use in our office. For more than 60 years, Burnell has served the eye care community by developing and marketing unique and necessary solutions for doctors to help their patients reach their maximum visual potential. They offer over 2,000 products to meet the primary care and vision testing needs of their customers. They offer the largest line of vision therapy, visual rehabilitation, and behavioral optometry products in the world. They want to help doctors help their patients, especially in these uncertain times. Doctors can contact Burnell for all of their remote vision therapy needs. Give them a call or visit their website, www.burnell.com, to discuss the possibilities and see their monthly specials. Burnell wants to interact with you. Make sure you join the conversation on their social media. Build up your order and save. Our listeners can use promo code ZLP od 2020 to receive free shipping on orders within the U.S. over $199. Again, use our promo code ZLPOD2020 to receive free shipping. Hi, Dr. D.
0: Welcome back to the podcast. You were the first ever guest on the podcast, and now we're, I think, 38 episodes in, so welcome back. Uh, now, I've already introduced you, but tell our listeners a little bit about yourself.
2: Well, thank you for inviting me back. It's big fun. Uh, I'm an optometrist in Hamilton Square, New Jersey. And I had the privilege of having you as one of our residents several years ago. And I'm really proud that you're doing this podcast. I think you're helping quite a few people. And I hope I can lend some advice to some of the listeners.
0: Yeah. So this episode is a little bit different because it's all about goal setting. But I think that goal setting is so critically important for everybody and in any capacity, right? Young kids, adults, vision therapy patients, contact lens patients, it doesn't quite matter. Uh, But having goals and setting goals is so incredibly important. So here we are at the end of 2020, and it's been quite the year for everybody. Right. And this time of the year is always such a great time for self-reflection and also a time to look ahead, right? It's the start of a new year. Let's look at, well, What do we want to accomplish in the next year? Right. Now, so much of my residency with you in particular was talking about who I wanted to be and what I wanted to do with my life. And those are really big questions when I was 25 just, and, and they were overwhelming to me when we were sitting down and talking. But tell me why you feel like goal setting is so important.
2: You know, I, I, I heard this a while ago and I really believe it. You're either following your own goals or someone else's goals. And, you know, recently goal setting has been criticized because it's superficial. Uh, A lot of things beyond our control, especially this year, can really derail uh, goals. But the bottom line is I've been doing goal setting for over 30 years since my children were born, and now they're adults. And I have found tremendous satisfaction, tremendous uh, gains from doing it on a regular basis. And I think it always starts with values. And, and this is something that I hope you intend to spend some time with, because before you set goals, you have to find out what you value in your life. It's different for everyone. And otherwise, the goals are very hollow. You know, you know I, I read a, a, an article that almost 50% of the population wants to be rich and famous. But do That's they really, yeah, you know,
0: really? That's surprising. Wow.
2: It's not surprising to me because I had that as a youngster. I guess I wanted to be wealthy, of course, and I wanted to be famous without really knowing why. And as I grew old, I realized none of those goals fulfilled my values in life. So why don't we discuss what values are, you know, what, what is a value?
0: Right. So in the process with you, I really learned what values were you know growing up my parents always instilled to be a good person and to be kind and to be hard working but i never really thought about what drove me to be me i never really understood what made me tick and what made me happy and i think that's the easiest way to think of a value is to think what is most important what makes me me and what makes me feel fulfilled and feel content because I think that a lot of people, especially young people, they're always chasing something and not really understanding what they want and what makes them happy. Um, So for me, I think the biggest, my biggest value is and and I still have my piece of paper when I wrote this down with you. And my my first value was to be good and to be honest with everybody and everything that I was doing. And what that means to me, cause some people are like, what does that mean? You want to be yeah. good and you want to be honest. But I had um, a few experiences in my life where I was not uh, in a situation that felt good, that I was just doing and saying yes to everybody and everything right. and not, living who i was so it's a value that i have to constantly work towards because i am a yes person and i need to learn to say no and to just do the right thing and be be a good person all around and i think people often don't think of being good you know just being a kind person and being you and not being influenced by others and that's really an important value for me is always
2: staying true to myself. Yeah. Uh, you know, a value if you remember we we stole from Hiram Smith. He's the author of several books, but one book on values. And he is one of the co-creators of Franklin Covey, which was a big organizational system. A lot of us used its their planners. And he talked about a value being something that you ask yourself, life has no meaning without. So for you, it's clear honesty. If you had a life without being honest and you created your life, let's say to be rich and famous, and in doing so, you had to be dishonest to yourself. Number one, dishonest to those you love and strangers. Even if you attain those goals, you would feel totally unfulfilled. And we see this all the time, right? We read about tragedies of people who have, unbelievable wealth and seemingly unbelievable love and they either take their lives or they end up very alone and miserable and for us as lay people say how can that be you you have everything you have fame you have fortune yet i can't believe this person is miserable give me their money i'll show them they will be happy but it's not that easy you know right. if, if it was that easy you know we would all be everybody who earned a, a good income whatever that means would be happy So value starts with life has no meaning without. And one of the things that the analogy they give is that I-beam. I don't know if you remember that. Mm -hmm. Would you cross the I-beam for what value? And I give a seminar to doctors and we talk about this because the doctors are there to learn to be quote unquote more successful. So what they're really thinking is I want to earn more money and I don't blame them. But it starts with values and I talk about this I-beam that is really settled between two skyscrapers and uh you have to walk across this uh i-beam to attain what i'm offering you so let's say i offer this person a million dollars almost everybody says no they won't cross the i-beam on a skyscraper for a million dollars and then i'll increase it to a billion now maybe you'll get someone but most in their right mind would not cross an i-beam from one skyscraper to another to attain a billion dollars But if I say, I'll hold your child, God forbid, almost everybody without blinking says, I will cross that I-beam for my child, and I will kill you once I I reach that other end. Yet, most of us, most of us sacrifice what we value most in pursuit of things we would never cross the I-beam for, a larger car, a larger house, you know, the... All these things that we all, like you said, are told, this is what successful people have. And in order to be successful, you have to drive this car, live this neighborhood, live this life. They have to achieve that oftentimes by ignoring what they value most. And that's why when they do achieve their goals, they're very hollow and they're Mm -hmm. not even happy. So that's why we always start with value. So for me, it's health. I remember uh, when I was literally your age. I got very sick with an Epstein-Barr virus. I just couldn't get better. It took me over a year and several specialists to find out what was going wrong with my body and also to, to better myself. But in the meantime, most of my friends and family just lost interest. It's like, you know, take an antibiotic, stop whining, Uh, So it was up to me to obtain my health. So at that point, I realized if I don't have my health, if I don't take care of myself, I can't take care of my family. And that's obviously for me a very high value. So one of my highest values is the highest value for me is keeping myself healthy.
0: Right. Uh, And that's my second one. So we're on the same wavelength there. (laughs) And, you know, when we were doing this, I was uh, just dating my husband. And we, I kind of did this with him. And it really set a a, a great foundation for our life together because we had these really difficult conversation of what's important to you and because in your partnership you have to be aligned because if he valued money over family which is another one of my really important values our relationship wouldn't work and I think that this is the demise of and why our divorce rate in the United States is so incredibly high is because people don't have these conversations about values and people aren't on the same wavelength. And, and even so my business partner, Dr. LaCousey, we had these same conversations too, because when we were decided to go into business together, we said, we, I said to her, what, what makes you, you, what do you value? And family came out on top for her, you know, obviously we want to be successful uh, and we want the business to fuel our life, but our family is, is really high up there. And, Dr. Lacalzi and I have really created a schedule for the office that allows us to have that, if you ever can achieve that balance, but one that is more family-centered than money-centered. And that really also drives the goals within our own office uh, by understanding what's important to both of us.
2: Yeah. And I think that's critically important because we are taught we can have it all, but we can't. And I remember talking to you about this. And every time I talked to a resident, they said, we can't. And I said, balance is a myth also, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we wish we could have it all, maybe at different times in our lives. But oftentimes, simultaneously, you have to sacrifice one area of your life for another. And that's okay. As long as it's in pursuit or fulfillment of a value. So a value is life has no meaning without honesty. Life has no meaning without health. Other values are independence. For me, independence is so strong. So life without being independent would really not be a meaningful life for me. Life would have no value without um, a family, children, whatever the case may be. And there's other values too, security. Some people, this is another good value, security. Some people really value being secure they like money in the bank things like that then they want to open up a business (laughs) it it doesn't happen (laughs) they haven't there's no security you know so you you kind of have to know yourself and know okay i'm going against that gut feeling that you were referring to and that's what we could call values but i'm going to either have to change that value or the the how much i weigh that value to open this business. Or, so, you know what? I just had this very good uh, conversation with a friend. He is earning in his mid forties, finally a very good income that no one would question. And he's a laborer and he's earning this great living. And he, all of a sudden he says to me, I'm going to open my own business. And I said, why? He goes, I can double what I'm making now. I said, well, you realize when you do that, you have to buy all this equipment to run your business. You need a workman's compensation, all this stuff that is taken care of for you. And you won't be home because he says, I want to be home for my children. I said, you know what? When you open this business that you want, it's going to be at the expense of not getting home at three, four o'clock, which he is now. So it was a very interesting conversation because we know, both of us know after a certain level of income, whatever that may be is it 80,000 is it 100,000 family income 150 it doesn't translate oftentimes to happiness i would venture to say the inverse proportion the inverse is mm-hmm. is true that the more money we make sometimes we focus a lot on that and not on what we value most
0: right right and i think that when you sit down and really think about what is important to you you can then properly set goals because like right. you said a lot of goals are so hollow like people say I want to make, like for him I want to make x amount of dollars because that's what I think I need but really right. what he's saying is I want the security of making x amount of dollars and be home with my family now and and that's the the real goal right it's, right. it's why why do you want that level of wealth? what what right. Why? Why does that make you feel good? Right,
2: right. Uh, you know,
0: and my husband talks a lot about that. You you have to not care what other people think and about really you. That's really
2: hard. So he doesn't but suffer from FOMO, right? Fear no, of missing my, out. No,
0: my husband is he he is an anomaly. When yeah. I tell you he does not care what other people think, he an
2: it's it's yeah.
0: it's incredible, and it's really taught me to look at myself and say. Why do I feel like I need to do X, Y, and Z for
2: right. whomever? Right. Um,
0: right. But but that his mindset really allows him to set goals that matter the most to him and the matters the most to us. Because some people wouldn't understand why we're doing what we're doing. Why we both right. have used cars that we that we you know they're paid off and we haven't gotten a new car in a long time. And people look at us and say like you both work hard, you own your own business, you own your own business. Why do you not have a new car? But for us, our goal, our financial goals, why are we wasting money on a new car? You know, there's, it's an interesting type of thing. Uh, Now, do you find that if a person doesn't set goals that they just kind of are waffling or, you know, like you said, goal setting kind of has a bad rap a little bit?
2: Yeah, I th- I think goal setting can be done a number of ways. You alluded to this in the very beginning. I thought it was very astute. Some people can just say to themselves, listen, I'd like to lose weight this year. Uh, next year, I'd like to be X number of pounds, weigh this much amount, or I'd like to get off this medication, or I would like to drive the Mercedes Benz, or there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing is right or wrong. But if you don't either write them down, and we could talk about that. that, this mm-hmm. is the fun part is how do you do it? but at least visualize yourself you know, being married or being successful and what does that mean to you? So you're putting it out there into the universe that says, this is what I'd like. I'd like this car, I'd like to live in this neighborhood. Nothing is wrong with those goals. As a matter of fact, I think they're very worthy goals. It's just that you understand why you want to achieve them. So right. I think the reason why I would say 99% of the population, does not set goals at least formally is it's hard work it's just hard you know before this interview you had sent me a few questions and you said to me so i'd like you to talk about a few of your goals for next year and i was like oh and then uh, my good friend who i work out with he says what are your workout goals for next year and i was like oh i tensed up, something terrible so even me who enjoys this who talks about this it's hard work sitting down and asking yourself, what do I want? Mm -hmm. You know, and usually it's a vague answer. I want to be rich. I want to be healthy. I want to be happy. But those are very vague goals. What would make you happy? What would make you feel rich? Because as we know, some people feel wealthy earning $50,000 a year. And Mm -hmm. some people feel poor earning $50 million a year. It's incredible. So you could see it's relative to to your value base or or yourself.
0: Right. Now, how often do you personally set goals?
2: I've learned this strategy. I do it twice a year. I do it in the summer when we go away on vacation. And then I do it at the end of the year, just about now, is I have some days off. That's the other thing, goal setting. You can't just do it in an hour. I find I can't. And it just takes time. It takes some introspection. So I do it twice a year. And I have to be honest with you, a lot of times I don't achieve the goals, but eventually I do. What was that saying that you uh, overestimate what you could achieve in a year, but underestimate what you could achieve in 10 or 20 years? Mm -hmm. That is very true. So it's not like every time I put something on paper that when I look at it six months or a year down the line, I said, oh, check, check, check. But, what I do notice after a number of years, if it's still important to me, it's in my subconscious, it gets realized. It's quite remarkable, quite mm-hmm. remarkable,
0: yeah. I so I do a big overhaul with myself um in around this time as well. And Dr. LaCausie and I actually do it as for the business uh, in January. I mean, we always set a time a day to we don't see patients. We're there together. This year we'll probably be on Zoom, but we sit there and we really talk about where we see the business going and, you know, all of those goals. But interestingly, every morning I take 10 minutes and I write in a journal and I write down daily goals and their thing, and I kind of break it down into what needs to be done for work, uh, my personal things, you know, like a workout and then, you know, whatever I personally want to do. And sometimes it's just take this 10 minutes to for yourself to gather your thoughts Uh, and then I always do you know household things right because I'm kind of juggling all those those balls and it it, writing it down really sets the tone for my day because because I I find if I don't do this 10 minute exercise I'm like a pinball and nothing's getting done during the day and it, it it And again, this is probably extreme, but it helps me stay laser focused of what I really want to accomplish in the day. And like I said, even if I do this in my head, writing it down makes an incredible difference. Right. I mean, do you see that as well?
2: yeah and that's a great analogy, because my wife and I have learned if we don't write it down, it doesn't get done. Sometimes when we write things down and we prioritize them, it gets done. we're amazed at how much we, we can do. But the same thing with yearly goals. Uh, you know you write them down and you could put them away and not look at them for a year, but somehow you've established some type of compass because the analogy that I've always heard is an air uh, airplane doesn't go directly to its destination the winds carry it one way the weather you know traffic yet they weave they go up they go down they reach their destination and i think that's what goal setting does for you during the day certainly does for me and sometimes i just don't want to do it you know sometimes i just write three things down that's what i like to do if there's three things i need to get done let me write them down let me prioritize them so at the end of the day i'll feel good but sometimes I just don't and and they don't get done. Like you said, then I get caught up into someone else's um, maybe objectives. Mm -hmm. So I like to write them down also. And I think even if you don't look at them, you're now set for your day. That's what you're Mm -hmm. referring to, but we Mm -hmm. can use that for yearly goals. And I bet you to say, and I hope we talk about this even a decade long goal, Mm -hmm. because one of the things I want to talk about, I think this past year has really taught us all a lot about ourselves, a lot about gratitude, a lot about, you know, how much we take for granted. Mm -hmm. So it's very hard for us, even myself, to think next month because I just want the epidemic, the pandemic to be over. I Mm -hmm. said, hopefully it'll be over here. And I'm always thinking, when am I gonna get the vaccine? When am I gonna, so it's a very short term and they're very myopic for lack of a better term Mm -hmm. goal. So one of the things that I've done recently, and I I recommend to everyone this year, is I I stole this from Debbie Millman. I heard her on a podcast. And she's an author and designer. And she talks about a 10-year goal. And she writes down, if you look it up, Debbie Millman Millman, 10-year plan, she'll say to herself, let's use today. Today's December, 2020. Now it's December, 2030. Where am I? How old am I? How old is my spouse? How old are my children? How old are my parents? Are they alive? Do I have a dog? Do I have a house? What does my house look at? And I think that's so important because we're so stuck in the today that for me, it has really inspired me to look several years ahead. So then my daily actions navigate me there. And she talks about how she did this with her students. And remarkably, they would email her 10 years later saying, you know what? I've achieved it. I am exactly mm-hmm. where I visualized. Mm-hmm. And that's the danger. If you don't take the work to orchestrate your own life and decide what do you want, then you're just leaving, leaving it up to happenstance or mm-hmm. someone else's goals. You'll be fulfilling someone else's goal. Right. So I think a 10 year plan right now, certainly after the year we've had, will just take us out of today and put us 10 years from now, where we're, pandemic will only be a bad memory or a good memory, depending on yourself. And then okay. just put us where do I want to be in 10 years? It's a scary thing.
0: It's a scary thing. I, and, you know, we, we did this a little bit when, again, during my residency, where you said to me, walk me through your your house that you're going to live in yes, in five yes. years and you made it and and I think this is a key here try to be as detailed as possible right. in Good. your your goal don't just say in 10 years I want to own a house what do you want what like you said what do you want that house to look like when you walk in the door what do the stairs look like what is what kind of decorations do you have and you can and even if it doesn't look that the same way in 10 years because you're a different person, you still have that driving you. And yeah. and I, I really want people to know to try to make it as detailed as possible and really... Think about what you, who, and what you want to be in ten years. What John always says is, perspective drives performance. Yes. And I love that because in the middle, uh, when when the pandemic first hit, I had a newborn and a two year old, and I was, I we had to close the office, and I, I crumbled. And I'm I'm a tough cookie, Dr. D. Let me tell yes, you, I'm a tough cookie.
2: Yes, and
0: yes. it was overwhelming. And yes. my husband said to me, Mikey perspective drives performance. He said, what were your goals for this year? I said, my goal was to start a podcast. He said, okay, start the podcast. I said, in the middle of a pandemic? And he said, Mikey, no better time. You're not doing anything else. And this is, here we are, right? right. And I never thought that I was, that this goal was going to be realized in 2020 because right. when everything was falling apart, I thought all of my goals were gonna fall apart.
2: Right. You know,
0: and it was by me doing the exercise last year, right? And What were my goals for 2020? I looked at my paper and John said, just because the world is undergoing a pandemic, that doesn't stop your goals. You have to decide what you want to do in this year that you can control because you only can control you and what you can do. And it was a really important Lesson for me because I really um, was so over, like you said, I was so overwhelmed. overwhelmed and I felt frozen.
2: Yeah, it's very hard to have perspective. It's a great, great uh, quote that he has because without perspective, we get consumed in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I think we all shared this during the pandemic, but it happens in our personal lives all the time. Mm-hmm. That's the privilege of being alive. So I think that's, and if you didn't have these goals, you'd just be, the goal would be, where do I go shopping today? <laughs> you know, uh, where am I going to find hand sanitizer? Right. You know, so that would be the goal like many of us had, but the, you don't have to write that down.
1: What no. you do want to
2: write down is what is going to be here next year, God willing, mm-hmm. is my children are going to be a year older and I'm going to mm-hmm. be a year older. So yeah. how is it going to feel? And I think that 10 year plan, I was thinking about it as you were talking. When you do realize that, even though it's not exact, it's darn similar and you feel fulfilled because you visualized it. That's mm-hmm. what you wanted. Yeah. You know, that's the good thing. It's not, it's not someone else's picture of what you wanted. You right. visualized it and you were there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and by
0: setting those goals, right? it's the everyday little actions that'll get you to that. That's exactly
2: goal. right that's exactly we all want big things but it's a little daily actions you know let's use uh losing weight because it's a very common goal mm-hmm. and certainly one that i've had for so long and you realize we all want to lose weight quickly and some mm-hmm. of us achieve that but as anybody will tell you because we haven't done it systematically and very slowly oftentimes we gain it back it, same thing with money also quantifiable if if today um, I win $100 million, it will not change my life one bit. But if I won it when I was younger, I wasn't prepared for it, right? Right. So it came all at once and my life didn't develop. And you hear these stories all the time about these millionaires who won through a lottery who squandered it away. Mm
0: -hmm. So
2: doing it little bit by little bit makes it stick, if you will, makes it feel more fulfilling.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, what are your favorite books and resources for goal setting? I feel like you have an arsenal in your office. So Uh,
2: You know, it's interesting. I don't have an arsenal. What I do have is books that I've read several books on goal setting, on values. And I always go back to some uh, staples. One of the books is an old book. It's called Ultimate Power by Anthony Robbins. And whether you like him or not, he wrote this book. Oh probably 30 years ago, has a chapter in there called Limitation Disengage, What Do You Want? And it gives a 12-step systematic process of setting goals. And it takes you a long time to do it. But I have to tell you, I've never encountered a better exercise than in that chapter. I think it's chapter 11. And systematically you start by writing down nonstop, what do you want? Not thinking about how am I gonna achieve it? So I remember writing down a lot of material goals 30 years ago, I wanted a chauffeur, I wanted a vacation home, I wanted uh, you know a, a luxury car, I wanted a lot of material things, and then maybe very little personal improvement things. Or, and then he, he has you go back and say, okay, look, is your life in balance or your goals? One year goals? but not many 10-year goals or 20-year goals. Are your, are your goals all material and not maybe spiritual or health goals or personal or career goals? So it's a great exercise. It's, it's very worthy of doing it. So I really like that. Another exercise I do is by David Allen. He's an organizational author on how to keep ourselves organized. And he always has this exercise. I think he wrote it in 2012. So I've been, if you Google David Allen, Um, years past and year forward, I always look back. So I feel this, he asked me 10 questions. I answer myself. What are the 10 things that I can look back on? And it's it's just a, just fill it out. And you'll be amazed at how much you accomplish in a year. Mm -hmm. And then he says, okay, let's forecast, create 2021. What compliment would you like? What achievement would you like to achieve next year? Mm -hmm. Uh, What would you uh, feel good about? What, you know, so it's, it puts, Myself in a good place, so ultimate power is the one book. Uh, David Allen and his goal setting workshop, if you will, or year past, and Debbie Millman. I, I think I, I heard her on a podcast one time. It was Tim Ferriss's podcast, and I uh, had nothing in common with that podcast. She's a designer. She's a, a, a an author. She's a TED speaker. And yet it really resonated with me. And I'll tell you one story. I gave this assignment to someone and as she was doing it, she was waiting for her uh, fiance to arrive and he was late and she was writing it down. And when she was done, just when she was done, she looked up and he walked in and she said to me, I looked at him and then I looked down to see where I wanted to be in 10 years. And I said, is he gonna take me there? And she broke it off at that point. And I was like, well, you're taking this a little seriously here. But now it's (laughs) it's it's like, but you know what? She said it was the best thing because at that point I realized I didn't have to live the next 10 years with this person to find out this is not the life that I wanted. And it's mm-hmm. so powerful. And of course, in hindsight, it was one of the best decisions she ever did. But I have to tell you, probably if she didn't do an exercise like this, where she forecasted her life, she would just be mm-hmm. taken up. To, like you said, people expect you to get married. People expect you to you know, have kids mm-hmm. or whatever people expect you to do. You start living the life they want you to and not your oh, life.
0: Right. And like I said, this, these exercises that you had me do during my residency, it, it, it came at such an incredible time because I, I really was always just in this, this hamster wheel of like, I was in school, I was going to be a great doctor. I was making sure I got good grades and I got the best residency. I was with you guys. And then I kind of retrospectively, I sort of was lost. And I remember you saying to me, like, you need to take things off your plate and you need to look at what really makes you, you and makes you happy. And was done with your residency in 2014, right? It's been six years. Wow. So wow. my five-year goals have been realized. I have, you had just started doing Supercharge and we did it in New Jersey. And mm-hmm. I found the Supercharge. It was in like this little um, plastic thing. It was so not like it is today. Right. And on the back, it said, what are your goals for, 2000, for the rest of 2014? And I, I put in there, I want to open my own practice. Wow. I want to feel secure with John. And to me at that time, I really had just been dating. I wanted to be engaged because I, I really felt strongly that John was who I wanted to be with. And I put in there that I wanted to learn to say no. Those are my three wow. things. Yeah. And and I'm still not so good at saying no. I'm, I'm, that's an exercise that I constantly have to work on. But in 2015, I opened my own office. And, you know, like it, it was... It made me, I was like full of emotion when I saw these things bulleted out. And I realized how, and I always say this to you, that I'm so eternally grateful for you instilling this in me. And it's funny that you talked about the David Allen review of the year and the look forward because that's what John made me pull up in the middle of the pandemic. And he said, you accomplished so much in 2019. Now let's look at your 2020 and what can, what can we do in the midst of a pandemic that's going to make you feel fulfilled? Because John knows me that I, something that makes me, me is accomplishing goals. I love checking the, checking, you know, feeling like what I set out to do, I complete it. And it, it is just for those listeners listening, I really encourage you to look up the, the, the three things that Dr. D just just mentioned because they really set you on such a, a great path of understanding who you are and your goals. And, and it's not easy work, right, Dr. D? It's no, not, no,
2: and, and not. it doesn't have to be perfect work. It's imperfect. And right. just do the one that resonates with you because mm-hmm. what most people do is they decide to not decide or, and, and it's indecision. So I would just, they're all different. They're all very different. The David Allen, the Debbie Millman, Anthony Robbins, they're all different. But the thing is do something. And I do think it translates to inner fulfillment because one of the things you asked me and you said, hey, Nick, would you mind sharing your three goals with you? And I told Mm -hmm. you i began, And I said, you know what? They're not established. And I don't want to talk about something that's personal, but I would like to talk about goals that I set in the past Mm-hmm. that I reflect back with such pride. And I'll tell you why. Yeah. One of them was to become a TED speaker. And I worked on that goal for about six years <laughs> of yeah. tremendous rejection. You right. know, I like to think I'm a good speaker. I like to think I have a good sound message. And I could tell you, Mikey, year after year, I'd audition. And one year, it was about 2016, I was just about to give up. And my soon-to-be daughter-in-law, because I got rejected. You know, I was so close. It was the last audition. And this panel just said, thank you. We have a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, speakers and you were very good, but no, thank you. And she, and I said, Oh, I got rejected today. I just feel deflated. And she says to me, when did that ever stop you? And it was such a powerful statement. And then I just kept going. And sure enough, two years later, I got it. So that was on my goal list for several years. Another goal was to write a book and I got that done, you know, a parent's guide to raising children with a healthy vision. So that was another really big goal that was kind of like hard to work at. And this supercharge workshop, you're right. I grew it from maybe having three to five people in the audience to pre pandemic. I had a hundred people in the audience. So it's quite remarkable how things happen, but you just have to be persistent. Now, I'm doing 20-year goals. I could tell you I'm 61 years old, right? So when I do a 20-year-old, it's getting scary. And when I heard uh, Dr. Fauci, Anthony Fauci, that he's 81 or his 80th birthday, I said, okay, there's hope here. Okay, he seems seems okay. And our our incumbent president is going to be in his 80s running a country so i said okay i could do this 20 years I, I and you know i i do these audacious goals like i really do want to build a i a, a ward in a cancer hospital for children that's been on my list for 30 years it takes millions and millions of dollars that somehow i know is going to materialize in one way or another and mm-hmm. i start talking about it with my sons and they think i'm nuts but these are the goals you set. And like you said, mm-hmm. your radar comes, especially as I get older now, mm-hmm. it becomes more of just these monetary goals into much bigger goals. Because right.
0: so, well, you, you really realize what's important, right? And, and like you had mentioned, I think 2020 really helped to reset a lot of people to really yeah. realize family is important.
1: Yes.
2: Dinner with your kids is important. Oh, man, yeah. You know? And just it's... seeing people ride their bikes outside. I live in a beautiful community. Uh, I've never seen children outside. <laughs> Nobody plays basketball. I didn't even know there's so many kids. In the midst of the pandemic, when it was really bad, you see all these parents with their kids, riding bicycles, doing, playing chalk games on their driveway like I did when I was a kid. And I said, this is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. we 've all worked so hard to live in this nice community, yet none of us were enjoying it mm-hmm. and it did give us perspective like your husband has mentioned, mm-hmm. like what you know what really is meaningful to us and that's, it, it doesn 't have to be to everyone you know i don 't want to instill my values on anybody else. Of course but you just don't want to achieve something that at the end of the day will feel hollow. And the only way it will feel hollow is if it doesn't fulfill something in your gut like you were alluding to, that honesty thing. It's like, I heard this saying, you can fool anyone, but you can't fool yourself. Mm -hmm. You can fool anyone, but you can't fool yourself. So you can never lie to your gut. And this pandemic has really, I think we'll look back at this fondly, hopefully in 10, 20 years as a time that it reset us and really taught us all what's most important to us.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yep. And, and with that perspective for this, from this year, you can really change your life and change where you want to go and write down those goals and, and even write down what is important to you. Yeah. I I have it on a note on my phone and I revisit it and like and and you had always said to me what's important to you changes as you grow yes, and no, no doubt I think reevaluating yourself and reevaluating your goals you That's know right. yearly exactly. is so incredibly they important and and I really hope that like you said that we all look back on 2020 in 20 years not right now um, as a positive thing and look at the reset as a way to just make our lives more fulfilled and that's really what this podcast was all about for me was getting your wealth of knowledge on the subject of feeling fulfilled in your life to our listeners because that's all i want and we're saying vision is more than 2020 your vision for your life is incredibly important and you have to see it clearly to make it happen
2: right and you start slow. And just remember, it's, it's your life and it's your vision. It, no one else's. And you just have to put it on paper. And it doesn't have to be perfect. And don't be afraid of not achieving it because you won't. But that's okay. We all know it's the journey. Yep. And if you persist, you will achieve it most oftentimes. Just maybe yep. not in the time frame. Right. But don't be afraid to put it down. It's hard work, and that's why most don't do it. But it's worthy. It, it really is. It For me, and I'm much older than you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's led me personally to a very fulfilled life. And that's what you could ask for. You mm-hmm. know, I look back. I was setting goals when my children were just born. And now my oldest is 33 and my youngest is 30. And I look back, and you know what? Maybe it wasn't the exact picture, but it was pretty yeah, fulfilling. Oh, it was good. Yeah. very good.
0: Yeah. yeah, and that's all we want. Uh, so we thank want. you so much, d uh, Dr. D. I love talking to you, and I love our the fact that I can always call on you to get me yes. back on track when I'm a little off. Um, so I truly appreciate it. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you.
2: Oh, with us, uh, my office is Eye Care Professionals in Hamilton Square, New Jersey, and they can contact me through their website. But really, I just am just happy to share this with you. I think you're doing a wonderful thing. And uh, I hope people follow through. That's the most important.
1: Thanks for listening. Follow us at Twin Forks Optometry on Facebook and Instagram. Join our private Facebook group, Vision is More Than 2020. Subscribe, download, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Tune in next week to learn more about your vision.